beautiful souls. Welcome to the Recovery from Fragmented Families podcast. It is your host, Mariam, and I'm coming to you with another episode. Yes, another amazing episode. Now, as you know, on this space, I talk about all things family estrangement, the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? And every so often, actually quite often, I have amazing guest speakers who come to share their wisdom in all things trauma and how to overcome traumatic events in our lives because let's face it going for family estrangement is a traumatic and sometimes we just need to equip ourselves with a toolbox life toolbox in how to overcome adversities in life because they will happen whether we like it or not so today i have an incredible guest her name is emma goslin and she is a clinical hypnotherapist right so if you've ever been curious about what hypnotherapy is if you ever want to demystify your understanding of it you're in the right place and she will tell you how hypnotherapy can be used to understanding trauma and just changing our mindset and my belief is in order to overcome adversities we need to change our mindset no ifs no buts is the must, right? So please enjoy today's podcast and guys don't forget to rate and uh, the podcast. Please give me those stars. Thank you. And if you like to work with Emma, I'm going to leave all our details in the show notes um, underneath this podcast. Thank you so much and enjoy. Hello guys, welcome to today is episode. I have an amazing guest and I always say I have an amazing guest because they are amazing. I'm amazing guest, our name is Emma Goslin and you never guess what Emma does. Well, I'm gonna tell you, so don't wait for too long. She's a clinical hypnotherapist, right? I know that that's gonna catch your attention, right? So she's, she's incredible and at the end, you're gonna see why. She has an Instagram page, which I follow and I tend to read most of our captions. Now, for me, I have this thing that in life, we're gonna go through so many challenges and it's always about developing mental cushions in how to handle these challenges. And in facing this challenge to develop this mental cushion, we need to have, there's different modalities and different strategies. And for me, hypnotherapy is just one of them. It works for some and maybe not for all people, but I know for a good portion of the population, whether in the UK, in the US, in Canada, actually globally, it works, right? And you could be just one of those people listening and this would work for you. Now, Emma typically works with women to sort out their money issues and the mindset using hypnotherapies, but I'm not gonna speak too much because I really don't wanna take the flow when someone is right here and they can explain themselves. So Emma, welcome. Hi, hi, Mariam, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. And thank you so much for popping on the podcast. It's a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. It's very exciting. Thank you. Very. So Emma, can you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself? Yes. So as you mentioned, I'm a clinical hypnotherapist and I'm a worthiness and money mindset expert. And I typically help um, women who who tend to be very high achieving um, to to stop overgiving, to stop overgiving their their time their energy and their money so that they can uh, have more for themselves and and within that help them to feel worthy of receiving more in life yes so how did you come to be how how did you end up working with women what was that haha moment that led you to be like you know what this is the 
this is the area I want to focus on. What was that moment? Um, I think I've always naturally attracted more uh, female clients than male clients. I, it's not that I don't work with male clients. Um, if, if, if it's the right fit, then, you know, obviously. And if, if I know I can help them, then, then of, of course, uh, you know, I, I, work with, I work with men as well. Um, I think just being a woman, I can relate to uh, how women are brought up, how they're conditioned, where we get our beliefs from. Um, and, I, and I've been there as well. You know, I was a massive uh, overgiver, people pleaser, you know, similar, you know, it's, just, it's the same thing, different label. Um, growing up, I always felt like I was never uh, good enough. And when you feel that you're not good enough, then you almost, it's almost like you can never do enough, be enough or give enough. And there's always this striving to, to keep yeah. uh, trying to prove yourself to others and trying to keep others happy. And I think, I think there is, there is a difference in the way that we socialize boys and we socialize girls. And so that, I suppose my, my own experience and I've, and I've been through therapy as well, a lot of therapy, about six years, the four years, sorry, of therapy yeah. um, in my thirties. And so I, I can, I suppose I can appreciate the, the, the social conditioning that we go through more um, in that aspect. Yeah. You know, social conditioning is, is real. Um, and I would say, I, I, I say in some cultures is, is even more pronounced. It's really in your face. There's a complete definitive roles between males and females and with those roles comes with this expectation of what a woman is meant to be like what she's meant to be like. and often in some roles and for me speaking as somebody of African origin uh, Tanzanian for that matter women are very there's a very definitive role what woman's role is supposed to be mm -hmm. and um and actually to be fair when I look at it really it's really meant to put the needs of others first before yourself all the time right oh yeah so this is actually it can lead to self-neglect and stuff like that and I think we can get into self-neglect later what that looks like in terms of when we start self-neglecting okay so are you able to tell a little little bit more for my listeners listening right now and they're not familiar with perhaps hypnotherapy because sometimes when I'm we can understand the topic I can understand hypnotherapy but somebody out there might not know it they've heard of it but they just simply don't know what it is right yeah. Or maybe they have a vague idea or they've, they have so much mystery around it. They don't understand it. Right. So maybe they're a little bit scared of it. That, oh, you're going to change. You're going to start controlling my mind. They won't watch Darren Brown or something. Yeah. <laughs> so how can we demystify uh, yeah. of hypnotherapy? Well, I suppose if, if, if I could, you know, make people do something that I wanted, then I'd, I'd have I'd have myself a nice like sports car out the front of my house perhaps and uh, <laughs> um yes yeah, so there, there are a lot of myths around around hypnotherapy and 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 we use we use hypnosis as a, as a tool to help bring about change yeah and actually people don't realize that we go in and out of hypnosis every single day all of us oh yeah so being in hypnosis is actually a natural state of being children are in hypnosis from from when they're born to yeah. about seven years old 
they their their the brain waves that are that are, that are running their brain are are the same as hypnosis wow. and so when when we use hypnosis in a therapeutic sense we are we're kind of um we're we're creating the conditions for the person mm -hmm. to to be in a very uh, much more relaxed state yeah. of mind and it's 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 about being um uh, aware more aware of the issue the present presenting issue rather than thinking about your shopping list mm -hmm. you know what you're gonna give what you're gonna make for dinner or whatever is bringing that focus to um to what you want to work on and when i when i said we go we go in and out of hypnosis when when you're focused on something if you're working and you're focused on i don't know creating your presentation or whatever yeah. and someone asks you a question if you don't hear them you are you are in that hypnotic brainwave state if you're watching a film and someone says would you like a cup of tea you don't hear them you are engaged with that film and the everything else around you is is not important Ah. so using using hypnosis um we can we can make quicker changes to a person's uh, belief systems and thoughts and feelings when they're in that more relaxed state ah yes Do you know this just got me thinking the other day i was i was watching a youtube videos and i was really interested in the comment section so i started reading the comments and before you know it the video i had completely finished the comments were so interesting and the comments by the time of the video finished i had no idea for the by the last 15 minutes because i was too busy reading the comments and i had to go back and watch the video because i was just reading the comments and i had to stop reading to watch the video again so you so in a way i was in a state of hypnosis because i could hear the i was holding the phone and i could hear the person in the background but mm -hmm. i was not paying attention to them because i was reading yeah yeah. And and when we and our, and our conscious mind, yeah. um, that's that's what we you know, what, what we're thinking about, what we and what we want. We our kind of dreams, our wants, our desires. I want this. I don't want that. Yeah. That's only about one to five percent of our minds uh, workings. Yeah. Most most of what we do, most of what we believe, most of what we feel, mm -hmm. 95 percent of that is subconscious yes so we're not even aware of where it's coming from and the subconscious is is developed mainly between the ages of zero and seven so yeah. as an adult 95 to 99 percent of what we do our habits our feelings the way we see ourselves and the world around us yeah. is all from the from the the pro it's, it's like programming really programming yeah. that the, the experiences the information that we received between zero and seven years old wow so if we say someone experienced severe neglect between the those years of zero to seven um or they got experiences neglect abandonment or really um miscontrolled attachment styles mm -hmm. which goes on to shape the blueprint of the subconscious mind yeah what kind of ramifications would this have on a person as an adult considering uh, you know obviously people go through all sorts of things but there are some in a very unfortunate circumstances this is their reality where they experience yeah. severe maltreatment and stuff like that so what kind what would the manifestation of this now as an adult 
think very wide reaching, but lots of mistrust, mistrust of other people. And so um, uh, leading to maybe repeated patterns in relationships. Mm. Um, so being um, um, not trusting the self, yeah. uh, giving your power away to other people. Mm. Um, that, that's what I meant before. If you don't trust yourself and you give away your power to others, then there can often be a, a, a matching of the of the experiences as the, of, of a child. So yeah. big falling into relationships with with people who treat them similarly, yeah. um, a, a very low sense of of self worth because if your 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 caregivers are your are your link to survival, yes. we have you have to fit in, you have to conform, you have to believe what the caregivers say. You have to follow what the caregivers do because on an evolutionary level, that's how, that's how we survived as humans. Yes. You had to fit in. And so um, it can lead to a sort of a very distorted sense of, of self-worth. If, if my caregivers, my parents didn't take care of me, then I'm, I'm worthless yes. and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not good enough. And so either the behaviors reflect that or there is this constant uh, drive to try and prove, prove yourself, prove that you're good enough um, with, you know, and uh, putting yourself um, last all the time, yeah. all the time. So putting yourself in a situation where you're completely emotionally depleted all the time to meet the needs of others, because yeah. maybe it's the only way you feel like you get seen or maybe loved by just giving the entire of you. Um, yeah. But I feel like sometimes when we do that, we cannot give from an empty cup. We have to learn how to fulfill our cup before we can give to others, right? Yeah. Yeah. So another thing that my listeners would like to be going through is the sense of rejection as an adult. So some people, they've gone for family estrangement. One of the markers of family estrangement is rejection. Oddly enough, this is whether you've walked away or people walked away from you, Right. So how can we tap into hypnotherapy? I guess when you're going through rejection, there's part of you that's wounded and some of these wounds, and it can also walk and awaken inner wounds that were there from before, as we explained, like from zero to seven, when you experience things like abandonment and rejection. So how can we use hypnotherapy to tap in into the deepest level of our consciousness in order to rewire these segments of that, keep us in a state of being dis disempowered all the time because we know our mind is forever thinking it's like a thinking machine and providing and then it puts meaning to that we just keep thinking and then with that thought we disempower ourselves how can we use hypnotherapy to just to tapping in into that area and be that way let's just stop this circuit how do we break the circuit with hypnotherapy yeah i think it's it's a really good point that you made there about I'd, adding meaning to the thoughts yeah because um one of one of the tools that i use with hypnosis is to help people find the root cause of yeah. the of the presenting issue so um and, no, and normally i well i use re regression um techniques to take oh. them back to childhood memories oh. because um once someone can uh, they, they might have a memory of something happening when they were a child like um my daddy's never around. My yeah. daddy doesn't love me. My, my 
my my daddy um, was never part of my childhood. Right. And then when they go back to the memories, they actually get in touch with, well, actually, daddy needed to work really, really hard in order to keep mm. this family safe. But the child's interpretation was, if I'm lovable and if I'm good enough, yeah. daddy would want to spend time with me. And so sometimes they did clients will discover that that the belief that they have as an adult is actually a, a misinterpretation of a situation mm. that you know when we can we can never speak on behalf of, of the daddy we can never speak on their behalf yeah. but it often gives uh, people a, a different viewpoint of yes it was really important for my dad to be working away all the time because uh, because we needed we needed a roof over our heads yeah. the child interprets it differently so yes. that that's one thing that we can do is is to help people reframe the experience mm. so it's it's looking at the the interpretation of what happened or what was said or um what someone did or said to them um helps them to reframe and to look at things differently and there, therefore we're we're breaking um we're interrupting thought processes yeah um and then i also give um i also want to find out what they really want to feel what they want to believe what do they want to see themselves doing mm. how they want to behave how they want to feel in in areas of their life and i create um a hypnosis a personalized hypnosis audio for them ah. because if we're in hypnosis we're able to make those um neurological changes much more quickly in a relaxed state uh accessing the subconscious and so it helps to rewire their, their brains effectively more quickly um if you if you just try conscious methods like oh when that thought comes in i'm going to change it and think that that's quite you know that's quite a lot of effort that you have to put in and so if you do if you listen to the the daily um hypnosis recordings and, and things like meditation as well can help you can you can make changes much more quickly um so and, and also part of the the hypnosis that i do is um allowing them to to get in touch with how they felt when that experience happened which created the belief mm. and to do inner child work with them so what would you say to that six-year-old now you know how does that six-year-old feel and they actually get to um self practice self-parenting whilst they're in a deeper relax relaxed state yes i, I was gonna say i love that <laughs> i love that and that one of the most powerful meditation i've ever done was in a child um one it was self-guided and i had to go back to a place as a child where I can distinctively remember and I was really hurt and I took myself I think I was about six years old and I remember this and you instructed to give myself a hug yeah and tell myself I'm going to be okay and I don't know what happened I don't seem to be since then I've not been haunted by that scenario anymore where I was yeah. right I was completely alone and um, since I gave myself that hug and my, so this is my future self, my present self reaching back to my younger self. My, I think I was six or seven at the time. And tell it, I was really scared. And I told myself, you're going to be okay, right? You're fine, right? And then after that, I had to 
think what would be like my future self who can come to me now because even in the present moment we have these dialogues that are keeping us in a state of worry and panic and anxiety right yes so how do I want my future self to think to be to behave to walk to talk like to look like so imagine that self right that confident self that reassured self that person that you can write a letter to that you wish to be and then if that person comes to you now how what kind of thing would they say to you so you have to see that person because we always know how we want to show up in our best self and then we can construct this person who is technically us but bigger version of us and then that person reaching us to us now and telling us we're, we're going to get there so yeah. I feel like that was all done it was self-guided I'm surprised I did it and I was like oh this is amazing so I do definitely believe in terms of wiring that process and then listening to audio recordings because eventually you do begin to rewire they say neurons that work fire together work together right yeah. and one thing I would say when it comes to the mindset and the initial the initial emotional blueprint that was installed in us even within our thrownness and I will speak about this concept of being thrown into things um it was coined by a German philosopher I can't remember his first name but his surname is Hedger and he he coined the term thrownness so how when we are born we're just thrown in we're thrown into circumstances like you Emma Caucasian female I'm a black female you did not pick the day that you were born you did not pick your parents you didn't pick the era you didn't pick your socioeconomic uh, the, your parents socioeconomic status you didn't pick their traumas they came with their own sets of traumas which they inherited from their parents and they parented you through those traumas on those lenses and um, you didn't pick to be a woman you didn't pick the country you didn't pick the political leaders at the time you didn't pick the narrative the societal narrative and since then we're basically trying to live life through that thrownness that was thrown to us. We had no say, we had no choice, we had nothing to do with anything that we were thrown into. But my thing is, as an adult, we have a choice in how we can navigate this now, right? Yeah, yes, yes, definitely we have a choice. And, um, and one thing you mentioned about um, seeing yourself in the future visualization is so so powerful because the brain doesn't know the difference between what's real and imagined yes and we have we have um you know we have the capacity to um to take on something like 11 million bits of information per second wow but our our brain kind of filters out so much stuff yeah and what it does it tries it tries to pattern match so if you have if you have a belief about yourself that that you know things will always be bad for you or you're not lovable then the brain kind of filters out all the opportunities all the moments where where that's telling you that's not true and it will focus on um the the, the evidence yes so if you think about my so my the, the what my brain will filter out will be different what your brain will filter out but we've yes. all got the same information yes. around us yeah we're all looking at the same sky the same the same trees the same or whatever if we're standing together but we will filter different things yes and, and you can and you uh, and using visualization you can convince your brain that 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 is real for you and so you start to rewire and you start to notice 
the other possibilities and opportunities and options and choices yes. for you and expansion and everything exactly so for me i always say that um i've always got this mantra no matter what i go through i'm going to be okay right and i'm going to be fine what that means is that my mind start looking for ways that i'm going to be fine out of this situation even just that little belief that i'm going to come out of this this is not meant to kill me it's meant to teach me something I'm like, it's a rotten experience, but man, what am I learning from here? I start looking for the lessons in, in this thing that I, I find myself in that I don't particularly like. And I love that when you mention areas about reframing, reframing the experience. And I feel like every time we come across something, and it takes practice, so we're always trying to reframe these experiences that we're having. We have to practice and eventually becomes a little bit concrete and that if you couple that with hypnotherapy and doing it when you're about to go to sleep and you have something in the background or have something first thing in the morning eventually you can become quite good at it um and i say this because i used to go to bed with something playing in the background and i'll fall asleep with it right so i'm programming my mind when i'm sleeping and these will be affirmations and sometimes you can find the long list of affirmations that could play for a good five, six hours at nighttime. Because they say sometimes even when we sleep, we're taking in information, right? Yeah. And sometimes if I want to really learn something, I'll read a book just before I fall asleep. Because they say sometimes when you read, when your mind is, is you become more suggestible. So recently, I was reading a book by Joe Dispenza and I was like, oh, I love everything you say. So let me read it half an hour before bed and see what I will learn from there, right? And then in the morning, for many years, I used to listen to my affirmations. I would put my affirmations in the background and listen because I realized I needed to change the narrative pretty fast. And what you said earlier, that how when we can hear the same information, we see the same thing, and we, we basically can either confirm to us, say, if, you, if that not feeling worth, uh, worth no, worthlessness, we can find confirmation bias that lets us know that you're definitely worthless. Do you remember this? And your brain, have you noticed your brain will just pluck out every single circumstance? As you said, you filter out everything that confirms that you were worth it and brings forward everything that says you're completely worthless piece of, right? Yeah. All the time. And if you find, and sometimes we don't even understand that we're doing that. It's such a, it becomes such a way of thinking that we don't even realize it's crooked, it's skewed, and we're basically beating ourselves with a broomstick. Because we don't realize we've shut down the opportunity to see that we are worth, we are worth it, we are beautiful in our own kind of way, we are can make these decisions. And sometimes, as you mentioned earlier, we even give our power to people because we'll convince ourselves we cannot do it. Now, the flip side is that we could be engaged in relationships that are quite abusive emotionally. And because of that, we have given our power away and we don't even realize, right? So I, I understand there's human dynamics where people are involved in their relationships when they're so emotionally abused that don't even understand, right? Mentioned, earlier you mentioned about giving our power away. What does that look like when we start giving our power away to people? Oh, what does it look like? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think the essence of that is abandoning ourselves. Yeah. Abandoning our, um, our needs, not... I, either knowing what our needs are, but avoiding looking at them. So, so some people do have that awareness that they need to make changes, but there's something going on that's, that's kind of driving them to avoid it. And, and that could be through fear of letting other people down, fear of judgment, fear of rejection from others. If, 
or um, you know, the fear of saying no to other people. What will happen mm -hmm. if I say no to that person? What will happen if I have that boundary? And yeah. again, it's just it's just embedding more rejection. Yeah. And and I think rejection is one of our deepest deepest fears. It is, you know, and, and when we were children, we needed to avoid rejection. Mm -hmm. Now we're adults, you know, if, if you're, if you're working, you're earning money, you're, you, you know, you're, you have certain conditions. Yeah. The, re the rejection actually isn't, isn't that great, but we still fear it. I believe that, um, that people fear being ridiculed more than they fear death. I'm sure I've read that a couple of times. Yes, it's like, yes. Yeah, yeah. Wow, the, the, you know, the, the power of rejection. And so, yeah, going, going back to giving your power away is, is, is like self-abandonment. Self and it's always, you know, either telling yourself or that, that other people are more important um, yeah. or not even realising it and just in a loop, a loop of habits of I give, I forget to look after myself. Forgetting even can be a like a mechanism to to distract you from yeah. uh, the the fear, the fear of what if I remember to put myself first and do something for myself today? Who will that affect? You know, there, there are so many things that come into play. Um, yeah, I think I think that's that's my that's the essence for me. It's it's abandoning yourself yeah. and not taking care of yourself and when when people realize we, we love we love giving we love helping other people that's part of human nature but when it starts to affect your your happiness your health and even your wealth yeah then there's only so far you can go with giving to others and putting yeah. yourself last before the wheels start coming off and uh, you are no longer to keep giving to other people yes stress because of burnout because of mental health issues and so understanding that that giving to yourself helps you to give better to yes. other people it does it's it super does. super important and it's, it's part of part of the thing i like to <laughs> i'm always talking about that giving yeah. well because mm -hmm. we don't want to stop giving no it's just to we need to give better yeah we need to give to ourselves yes so why do you think women uh, are more, I mean, I know there's a different, there's gender difference with all of us, the individual differences, but it seems that women are more inclined to be the giver from an empty cup, right? Yeah. Is that something is genetically made with women or is it society led? What is it that makes us so recept receptive to be the one to give from an empty cup? I think there are, possibly several things so I, I think that uh we are more natural givers yeah. uh, especially if we're mothers mm -hmm. um so you know there, there there is a necessity for us to give yes having you know a birthing a child making sure that child thrives etc and i think we're also taught by society that we need to be we need we need to be good girls we need to try and fit in yes and i'm not sure if that trying to fit in is because of a nature thing that we are we are more vulnerable mm. 
as females, especially if you think about when we lived in tribes, if you were pregnant or had a small baby, baby yeah. you were very, very vulnerable. So I don't, I, I don't know that this is my, this is my little theory. So fit in, yeah. uh, it's very important to be liked. Yes. Um, the, there's a, an emphasis on being helpful, uh, not making a fuss, yeah. not, not having anger. So people are generally shocked by angry women. Yes. Given names, if you're, or even if you're just angry, if you are assertive uh, or if you own your power, you're seeing so many derogatory names have been assigned to women who come across as quite powerful and sometimes even sometimes said by other women. So really and truly, sometimes we might aspire to become powerful. We might aspire to be this, but if you're thinking powerful women are, you know, horrible and mean and etc. You could never really be that because you're actually scared that people would view you the same way, isn't it? Yeah, and then you re- then you risk more rejection. You risk more rejection by your peers, by your family. If you are if you're seen to be different, and I and I think you're sort of going back to the the money thing that boys grow up yeah. with an expectation that they're going to be providers, yeah. and I think for for, for men, earning money is more of a status. And also their, their beliefs tend to be more, if I earn more, yeah. I can be more with my family. Whereas women think if I earn more, yeah. I will spend less time with my family because yes. money is time. Yes, money is <laughs> and, time. That's right. And then the, the whole thing of, well, if I'm a wealthy woman, mm-hmm. then that means I am not I'm, I'm not part of the tribe if you grew up in a family that wasn't wealthy or that struggled financially. So there's a fear of rejection there. Or what about what will my friends say mm. if, I, you know, if I'm wealthy? Look, look at how, yeah, how we speak about wealthy, powerful women in society and yes. popular culture. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not very flattering, let's face no, it. It's not very flattering. Not exactly. Yeah. And so, and, and that's why a lot of, a lot of the, a lot of the women I work with, they, they end up giving away their money, spending it, spending it all on their kids or a partner or, or friends, because keeping it, there's a lot of shame around there. There's a lot of guilt about having more than others mm. and, you know, worthiness issues. Am I actually worth having this money for my own financial security and enjoyment? Yes. Uh, a kind of fear or shame around having fun and enjoying and having good things in life. So what you're essentially describing is um, people's money blueprint, because there's an emotional blueprint that we have and there's a money blueprint that we develop. And is that right that our money blueprint that we have in terms of relationship with money is also formed within the first seven years? Is that correct as well? Yeah, yeah, most most of it, yeah. There There are things that can happen further on in uh, in our in our lives obviously we we are at different stages in our throughout our childhood between zero and seven our brains are wiring furiously for the first time rapid 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 wiring of the brain absorbing everything that's going on around us and and so it used to be thought that well once once your brain's wired you can't really make any changes it's not it's not true we no, know that's the neuroplasticity of the thing yeah exactly and so yeah you you will 
if you look at your childhood and look at how your parents were with money yeah was there a lot of anxiety a lot of fighting a lot of manipulation around money this this couldn't this can signal to a child money is dangerous money money causes people to cry money causes people to walk out money causes stress money causes tears Mm. well then your subconscious is going to think well I have the subconscious role is to keep you away from pain so money is pain and so you end up unconsciously rejecting money Money. when you're an adult because of the of the associations with it yes so yeah that our 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 beliefs and our feelings around money are very very much wired for the first time when we're children Wow, imagine that. And I always say to people that, you know, as an adult, when we try to make change, we need to give ourselves grace. And the, the reason I say we need to give ourselves grace and time, because we're often trying, to, especially when you're trying to implement change on a conscious level, because you're trying to apply change in a, one of the most concrete, fixed emotional blueprint there is. And you don't even understand the depth and the layers of it. I remember when, when I was young, I used to see this picture of an iceberg. They say the conscious mind uh, is like a little, little bit of thing on top. And the subconscious mind is a lot bigger at the bottom, right? And often when we're trying to do the change, we're trying to tap that little bit of the iceberg that's peeking out from the system on top. And uh, that's what we're focusing on the most. But really and truly, it's the, it's the deep embedded layer underneath mm-hmm. that what makes us us, right? so emma this has been such an amazing conversation and i got this feeling knowing me i can talk when it comes to anything mindset any kind of thing the subconscious mind tapping in rewiring changing that that's just up my street i love that stuff and i can speak about it forever in a day right so if someone's listening to this podcast now they're like you know what i really want to work with emma what can they expect working with you so um they can expect uh a conversation on what it is that they want because if you don't know what you want then you know that that well that that's the best place to start you have to come you have to recognize that you are an overgiver you're a people pleaser yes to, to want to make the changes um i help people to to look at where their what their values are why do they want to give back to themselves why do they want to have more financial freedom why yeah. do they want to feel healthier and have a you know a a a better life and look at where and then look at where their habits or their beliefs are out of alignment with that Mm. um i help them to rewrite their money story i help them to upgrade i call it upgrade their self-worth yes and to and, and to make faster changes on a neurological level with the with my bespoke audios yes oh my god that's it in a nutshell in a nutshell thank you so guys remember when you go for family estrangement it doesn't happen in isolation you still have to deal with money you still have to deal with relationship and your sense of your sense of self-worth is probably eroded at this point right and i'm just saying when you work with somebody like emma not only get to fix one of the most fundamental aspects of existence and as much as people might not like the idea of talking about money but we govern my money all the time money can dictate a lot of things to us they say money cannot make you happy but actually having lack of money can make you 
pretty miserable to be honest unless yeah. you're monk and you practice that level of self-awareness but if you've got family and you're living you need to provide lack of money can actually keep you awake at night alongside the stress of being estranged from your family and other adversities which are going to come your way anyways at least with a bit of money you can it, it develop that little cushion that you can be able to come out quite quickly so that's that so what emma where can my listeners find you so you can find me at my website which is www.feelgoodenough.co.uk um, you can find my uh, free download there which is how to three ways to stop overgiving and have more time and money um, on instagram i am a bit complicated i don't know why i, I just couldn't get emma gosling that was already <laughs> was already taken underscore underscore emma underscore gosling okay. uh, and, if, and if your listeners are connected to you then then they can find me through you as well that's we'll, fine we'll be connected um, yeah, i'm gonna put all the details in the show notes brilliant yeah okay oh emma it's been such a pleasure having you and guys don't forget remember in order to implement any change you need to tap in you need to rewire rewiring is about quite a new experience. It sometimes requires repetition, 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 and you can get to do that, right? So Emma, thank you so much. You've been such a trooper. And oh, I can't wait to have you again next time. You know I will. <laughs> oh, thank you, Mariam. I've absolutely loved our conversation. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. And that is all for today's episode. I am so happy. I hope you really enjoyed that as much as I did. So what are my takeaways from this episode? Well, one of the first one is social conditioning is a real thing and it shapes us. Okay, number two, we go in and out of hypnosis all the time, whether we realize it or not sometime we do this multiple times in a day okay hypnosis can be used to make quicker changes on a deeper level yes i'm all for that i'm all for mindset change we're gonna go through life life is gonna throw some pretty tough challenges um on our way so what a better way to learn how to change our mindset and how to deal with them most of what we feel act is dictated by our subconscious mind that is right i will speak about the subconscious mind and the role that it plays in shaping our behavior right um our, our subconscious is influenced by events in in life that happen between the ages of zero to seven now i've heard i've heard this so many people have written about this age of zero to seven and how what we learn between that time shapes us even in adulthood and our behavior imagine that and then last not least is if you focus on things and emotions that are disempowering you're essentially going to filter out any of the empowering thoughts and things as well right so learn how to catch yourself if you're finding yourself entertaining disempowering thoughts just remember in doing that you're also filtering out empowering thoughts okay so stay on the lookout and the absolute last one is we need to watch the language that we use with ourselves. okay 
anyway beautiful people that is all i'm gonna put all emma's details in the show notes below the podcast so please go and follow her on her instagram and maybe go you know book an appointment with her i feel that everybody needs to have a little bit of deeper healing to understanding themselves and or to have a deeper understanding and a deeper healing anyway that is all for today's episode and i'll catch you again soon thank you bye